Hello and welcome to another episode of Stratcom Talks. I'm your host, Jafar Hasman. Today we are going to have a very important discussion on the role of media in the United States. To discuss it further with us, uh, joining me today is uh, Mark Merowitz. He is a professor at the State University of New York Maritime College. Mark, thank you very much for joining us today on this podcast. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Jafar. Uh, Mark, now to begin with, the, help us understand what exactly is the role of media in the United States today? The media, in particular social media, but also cable, um, Instagram, Twitter, all of the medias of communication out there are profoundly impactful on American politics and American society today <clears throat> and how Americans formulate their views and opinions on the world that they see. Um, so uh, I can elaborate. Uh, you mentioned the polarization. A lot mm-hmm. of the polarization out there uh, is really uh, the product of media shaping images and perceptions of reality. And that's how you end up with conspiracy theories and fake news and all of these ideas swirling out there um, and uh, frankly, it causes a lot of confusion. Okay, so do you think it got worse after 2016? Well, I mean, uh, this idea of conspiracies and uh, fake news uh, culminating in the January 6th uh, insurrection and incursion on the Capitol, um, we ended up with a very uh, polarized society, and that was actually exacerbated, complicated by the COVID pandemic. So. Americans uh, live in a state of confusion. They don't understand the pandemic. Uh, They get mixed messages from government. And um, a lot of this um, messaging uh, comes through the media. And that's how we know what's going on. And um, Americans comparing notes on it will find out that there are a lot of alternate realities out there, different networks with different ideas. Some are more conservative, some are more liberal. Depending on what you listen to, you get a different perception and explanation of what's going out there, going on out there. And that is very confounding, very confusing for people to be able to formulate opinions. Okay. Now, Mark, would you say that uh, in many ways the media has failed in playing a responsible role? For example, you mentioned the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Do you think the media if not directly, is indirectly to blame for spreading misinformation during that day? Well, you know, it's kind of the old adage in Rome to kill the messenger. I mean, uh, I don't know that we want to kill the messenger. The question is, the medium is the message. This was Marshall McLuhan, the great philosopher of the media. Um, I think the media itself and the function of the media is very helpful in a democracy in spreading information and, uh, you know, and keeping the, the people informed. The problem is how this gets interpreted in the different types of media <clears throat> channels that we have. Uh, I'm thinking of MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, you name it. The alternate realities are presented. One can look at the exact same issue on one of these uh, networks and then listen to the same issue on another network and completely different. So 
that's problematic. So it's how it's interpreted and how it's filtered is the problem. The media itself has a great function in a democracy in allowing people to have access to information, especially about the government. But um, if, if that information is going to be confusing and, 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 uh, and so uh, complex and so contradictory, then that filtering the message as it comes out to the public is going to become very problematic. And that's where we're living today. Every day we're trying to figure out what's going on with the pandemic, with international relations, with Russia, with China. And we, you know, we get different points of view from so many. Now, it's not bad to have different points of view, but when it's filtered a specific way by different media um, platforms, that's a problem. But again, it's a democracy. So it's uh, kind of hard to deal with that. Okay. Now, Mark, <clears throat> this is what I wonder at this point. I mean, you have been following U.S. politics for so long. You are a professor uh, of political science. So tell me, how has the media changed in the United States, uh, let's say, over the past uh, three decades? Well, I think you want to go back a little uh, beyond that, because in other words, um, you had newspapers as the main uh, medium of communication, radio, then television. And as you asked in the last few decades, even television has changed in the way it uh, communicates to people. And then you have social media, which is tremendously impactful and produces millions, if not billions of communications every day. Um, and yes, it allows people to communicate, but problem is, in the last many decades, we used to have news reports on the specific networks like CBS, NBC. We had newscasters like Walter Cronkite. And when Walter Cronkite said something, generally speaking, people believed it. Was it completely the truth? Well, it was nearly, it was nearly received as the truth. But the problem that we have today, as I just elaborated on, is the fact that we have so many different platforms saying different things so we don't have a Walter Cronkite. And maybe it's better to have a lot of different platforms. But Americans did get a certain um, amount of information uh, in these decades past. And there was no uh, conspiracy theory and no fake news and no complexity. Uh, but now today we live in the complexity. Now, by the way, we've had these issues in America way back going to the beginning of the Republic, when newspapers used to be incredibly um, critical of the government in a way that was even personal attacks, the things we're seeing today in campaigns are not new. What's new about it is the medium of communication, the permeating and the ability to get that information out to the entire population in this way this is very new with social media, with television, radio, with all the different things that we have, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, this pervasive element of media, this is very new. Uh, but the polarization I wanted to point out is not new at all. Okay. Okay. If uh, the social media, as you say, is new and it is new, do you think it is... Uh much more beneficial to the society uh, when we compare it to conventional media? 
Well, the problem with social media, and this is something, you know, in America that we are having a big debate about is, should the social media platforms be responsible for what is posted on their platforms? And there is a statute, um, a law, that basically says that the, with some exceptions, um, these big platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you name it, uh, are not responsible for the um, for what is posted on their platform. So that means that we have a lot of hate speech and a lot of uh, diatribes and personal attacks that are out there and that the pl- these platforms say, well, you know, it's not our job to, to deal with it. So, and that includes the news and how the news is, is, um, is g- given out to, 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 to the people. So at the end of the day, that's a big issue. So is social media helpful? Yes, well, it can if it's, if it's uh, spreading information and not when it's spreading disinformation. And that has been the whole issue on Facebook. For example, when Facebook took President, I think, or Twitter, took President Trump off Twitter or Facebook. Um, yeah, because of what he was posting, uh, and namely uh, the you know, claims on Facebook and Twitter that, for example, that President Trump won the election in 2020 is very yeah. confusing. And what, and I think the answer really what your question is aiming at is social media really has promoted a, a whole um, element of untruth and disinformation that really didn't exist to this extent with the conventional media before. Okay, uh, Mark, uh, you mentioned former U.S. President Donald Trump. Uh, I mean, he is someone who has been blocked from different social media platforms, including Twitter and Facebook, which leads me to the end of this discussion, the issue of censorship on social media. I mean, there are two different ways to look at it, right? One from the angle of freedom of speech and one from the angle of uh, fake news. Do you think... Censorship is something which should be allowed on social media or freedom of speech. I really want your thoughts on it. Uh, you're a political scientist, so please tell us what are your thoughts. Well, first of all, freedom of speech is included in our First Amendment to the Constitution. But that provision only binds the government. The government cannot, in the states, the federal government cannot limit your freedom of speech. That provision does not bind, limit, apply to Facebook, Twitter, private companies. Um, I mean, if you work for a company, I suppose you shouldn't be criticizing the company. They won't like it, and you probably won't have a job. So similarly, Facebook and Twitter, when you sign up and have access to their platform, you agree to the fact that you're going to follow their rules. Uh, And so so the question is, can they do it? Well, they can. But the question is, to what extent should they be as you put it, censoring what's on their platforms. And that goes back to the point that I made earlier, which is Facebook and Twitter, I think, need to be more responsible for what is posted on their platforms. That is important because then they will have an incentive to eliminate the hate speech and some of the things that should not be on their platform right now. Do this on their own. Don't you think the government should play a role here and perhaps uh, do something about regulating these companies. Right. So I think that 
um, that is a base, basic debate in American society. To what extent should the government limit free speech? And we know that the cases that have come to the Supreme Court on freedom of speech, even some egregious cases, um, the, the Supreme Court is not going to make bright lines and say, you can say this, or you can't say that, except in very limited circumstances. You know, there's incitement to violence, things like that. That's, the Supreme Court will not allow that. But other than that, it's a free market of ideas. The government, at least in our legal system, doesn't want to step in and decide who should say what. What we need is responsibility on the part of the Facebooks and Twitters. And the way you do that is you make them liable and responsible for what's posted on their platforms. And then I think they will be more active and proactive in eliminating some of these um, you know, these outrageous things that we've been talking about. All right, Mark, it's such an important discussion, but unfortunately we are out of time. I would like to take this opportunity to thank you for taking out the time and uh, sharing your insights into uh, the role of uh, media in the United States. Thank you very much, uh, Professor Mark Merowitz, for talking to us today on this podcast. Thank you very much, Jafar. I enjoyed it very much. All right, and thanks to our audience for tuning in. Until next time, bye for now.